Welcome to RPG Cast episode 426 for the week of May 20th, 2017. I'm Chris Privetier. We are here to give you RPG news and ask questions, hard questions like, how do I fire emblem properly? I thought the, the tough question was going to be, do you like potatoes? <laughs> That's also a tough question we will ask today. Uh, Kelly Ryan joins me. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Uh, also joining me, um, as I learned that my router has little flip open doors on it that I didn't know existed before. This is cool. <laughs> my cat found them somehow, <laughs> but I didn't know they were there. Uh, Anna Marie G- Privetier, hi. What were you about to call me? I don't know. Anna Marie G. Anna Marie. Okay. Uh, Pascal Takaya, also here. Hi. Yo, G. Everyone's a G today. Yo, 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 yo. Power Lord wants to know the answer to the, this important question. What should I make for lunch? Potatoes. Tuna fish. <laughs> Tuna fish with potato chips in it. That's actually really good. Yeah. That's why I suggested it. I've never had that. It's quite good. So there's your mashup meal for the day. Thank you for joining us on RPG Cast. We'll see you next week. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's start Roll off. The P stands for potato. Yeah, where the P? <laughs> roll potato cast games. Roll put roll roll really Idaho potato IPG cast. Hey everybody, I'm Chris. And you're a potato. I'm not a potato. I've been playing Fire Emblem Echoes. I'm playing it right now, actually. So am I. Ah! Ah! Well, I have to grind. So I'm playing on hard, um, hard classic. So I need to get levels because otherwise I'm not surviving this game. So I'm leveraging the use of the DLC maps to grind my characters. And when I say that, I'm saying as soon as I got to the point where I could use the DLC maps, I started using the DLC maps and I have not progressed with the story past that point. Because <laughs> I'm a weird, I... weird hard person. Hard classic is what? Hard classic is hard. All right. So there are two structures to the difficulty in it's a fire. It's different game. this time. So you have a difficulty that's like easy, you know, casual, easy, uh, normal, hard, forget about it. And then you also have... Lunatic is the forget yeah, about it. I know. <laughs> and then you also have a choice between um, cla- uh, classic, casual, and phoenix. Yeah, but no phoenix this time, Anna. Right. So you have a choice between classic and casual. In classic Fire Emblem games, if a unit fell in battle, they were gone for good. Yeah, permadeath. I thought that was kind of its thing. Yes. In Mm -hmm. casual, if someone falls in battle, they come back for the next battle. Aw, boo. In Phoenix, they come back the next Next turn. turn. (laughs) Total So Phoenix is easier? Phoenix is the easiest. Or, or more forgiving that it, I would have thought the opposite. It is as forgiving as you could possibly make it to the point where it's not a game anymore. Because people rise from the ashes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I encourage that mode for people that just want to en- enjoy the story, but don't necessarily want to deal with, you know, having a strategy. I, and I would agree with that if the story was better in these games lately. But it hasn't been, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Lately? Yeah, I mean, since the GameCube version. I don't know. Didn't you like Awakening Story, Anna? 
I did. I think a lot of people did, but I I liked Awakening and Fate's story quite a bit. But um, I think this was something that was touched on a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even was it forever ago? Week? Uh, no, you but weren't. um, yeah, Chris, weren't you the one that was saying um about well, you know, when you have permadeath, it actually makes it 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 gives you a better connection to your characters. Like I would argue that that would improve the story. It puts risk in your moves. It makes your moves matter. And yes, I agree that it would add to the story, but I think it even more importantly adds to the game. Because without the risk, I'm not sure what you're doing. And if the story is not enough to carry you along... It's just a you know a deeper experience. Yeah. All right, fair enough. See, I play on the casual difficulty where the, it... I lose people during the fight, but it's not the Phoenix mode where they immediately come back. And the reason why doesn't have Phoenix. So (laughs) yeah, but the reason why I prefer fire emblem games like that is because it pretty much turns fire emblem into shining force, which Uh, shining force is probably one of my favorite games of all time. And since Sega isn't making them, it's nice that Nintendo is doing a facsimile. (laughs) Excellent. That's a good point. Uh, so, so I am playing. Um, I'm playing on hard classic. What most people I've read is that the difficulty in this game is not such where it's an interesting challenge. By turning it to hard, you're just turning it into a grinding challenge. So they mostly recommend playing normal classic. In this this game being Fire Emblem Echoes. So that is my official researched recommendation. Um, however, I also know how I like to play these games where grinding is what i like to spend most of my time on so i decided to play a mode where i would actually benefit from all that grinding and so that's why i chose to go with hard classic um because i know i'm going to spend a lot of time on dlc maps i did that with fates too um even when i didn't have to that's how i ended up with my army of pegasus knights um (laughs) was pretty amazing actually uh but they just take a while to get to the point where they're invincible um what uh i won't be able to do that here but here i plan to take advantage of the villagers which um not the village people don't confuse them but the villagers in this case can go through like three different classes as you level them up and they can level through those classes over and over so that you can keep getting their stat gains from level ups to the point where they cap out so that makes them extremely powerful so that's what i plan to do so so this is the game that actually introduced the concept of villagers. Yeah, the overpowered, weak-ass units that you get at the beginning that are real hard to level in theory, but if you spend the time... They are worth it! So I didn't know about this, like, being able to just level them for everything, which apparently was in the original game, okay. and they preserved that here, so that's cool. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abuse the heck out of that. Um... And yeah, it's like cheating without cheating, except it's sort of cheating. I don't know. Is it cheating? Yeah. Are we going to have to have uh, an intervention with you about your cheating, cheating ways? I mean, there's so many other games that I cheat so much harder than this, so. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Like, look at what I did to Dark Souls to the point where I had characters that I had to turn off my cheats so they could die if I fell down a cliff because they were just living (laughs) down there forever. And it's like, well... I need to move on with the game, so I better turn the cheats off so it can respawn me. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so uh, 
I don't want to talk about it anymore. So that's what I'm doing in Fire Emblem. But that also means I'm very early on, and I haven't been able to do a dungeon yet. I haven't been able to do much of the story to tell if it's any good or any crap. Um, all I know is it seems... I do not understand. So there are things that are different about this Fire Emblem from Fates. I didn't play Awakening, just so you know, but I assume a lot of the systems in Fates are the same as they were in Awakening. Yep. In this game, however, there is no pairing up of units, and they don't seem to go up socially when you battle next to each other. So uh, what I noticed is that some of my units, as I've been grinding them through in this early map, um, after they got to a certain level, I guess, they could start talking to each other and building up relationships, but right. I don't know what it's for. So here, <laughs> here's the dealie, is there's no between battle conversations. Okay. If you want to have a conversation with someone, you got to have it in battle. Sure. But I don't know what makes those conversations happen. And I don't know what the benefit is. So I have a C relationship between some of my characters now, but what does that do? Does it give um, them a bonus if they attack next to each other like normal? So if they are within each other's region while they're attacking, so they don't have to be next to each other. They just have to be within whatever the game considers a reasonable distance. I don't know how to tell what that is, but okay. Yeah, me either. How are you guys dealing with the lack of the um, weakness triangle? Because that's driving me up the wall. I don't mind. It just means there's less BS happening that kills my characters randomly. I haven't started playing it. I mean, I, that just makes everyone like the main character in the other games where you don't really care about the weakness triangle for them, but you do for everybody else. It was just one of those things that I always liked going right for the throat and some maps and being able to one-shot characters, taking advantage of that, and now you can't do that, and it's oh, kind of driving on. me crazy. You just have to grind forever, and then everyone can one-shot. Gotta get everyone leveled up to Dreadfighter. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. But at the same time, I do like kind of going into the view mode and searching around for stuff and being able to find yeah, items. This game turned into Phoenix Wright between battles. You mean like, Professor Layton? Whatever. Yeah, you're highlighting everything, looking for hint coins. Well, food, actually. And then you can use that. That's Those are your vulneraries. They, they'll heal you during the, the, the fights. And you have to use them in dungeons to restore stamina. Otherwise, your characters start losing stats as they go deeper and deeper into really long dungeons. As they get tired Yeah. and hungry. So you have to feed them an orange. And then they're good again. Now, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, did you guys see the reversible cover art? No, because I, I bought a... Vi I haven't opened my copy yet. When you open your copy, look in the DS card. There's a very nice little Easter egg. And, uh, That's not uh, an Easter egg. They showed it on Nintendo Minute. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I just make, I make Anna watch all the Nintendo YouTubes. I, when I saw that and I flipped it, I was like, oh my god, it's the original Famicom box. I got giddy as punch. <laughs> awesome. And also, that collector's edition that they came out with for this is really nice. Anna did not get it. Did you get it, Kelly? Yeah. Um, my husband bought it for me for my birthday. Yeah, I, I really want to put the little pixelated um, pens on my jacket, but I don't want to lose them. 
comes yeah. with the little eight bit right, renders right. of Marth and Selm and the other main character. And that was kind of why we decided against it, Chris. It was like these pins are really cute, but what would we do with them? Stick them to our cats. Actually, Kelly can put them on her um her kangaroo pouch hoodie near her yes. near her kitty cat. Yes, because at least I w- only wear that around the house. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Why is Marth a pin? I don't get that. Because it's Marth. But Marth's not in this game. Correct. Okay. Fair enough. What was I thinking? I and should know better. He's a popular character. Mm-hmm. Know, that's where I'm at for Fire Emblem Echoes right now. And I think a lot of us are in that boat because uh, it just came out yesterday. And it's like, come on, Nintendo. Can't you put stuff out on Tuesday? No. Yeah, really? Apparently not. Nintendo says no. I had to find other things to do on those nights. So I started playing a clicker game um, called uh, Space Plan. And there's a lot of potatoes and a lot of infinite clicking, and uh, the numbers are always going up, and I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's got a cool soundtrack. It's three bucks on iOS and on Steam. Um, I think there's a web version of it that was free. It might still be free. Um, it's a cool one, and does it does different things, and there's a story and stuff, and there's a lot of potatoes. There's just so many. Sp- I launched Spudniks. Not Sputniks, but Spudniks. Lots of them. So. Wow. Yep. You've destroyed humanity as a race, haven't Listen you? Listen to me. I'm not going to spoil to you what potato-related events occur in that game, but they may be apocalyptic. So I'm going to recommend that, and that's it for what I played. This. Oh, wait, more Final Fantasy XI, because there's a cool big event, a 15th anniversary event thing going on. There's like... Two to three times XP, two to three times capacity points. There's, um, They're giving out tons of alter egos that you can put into your party. Like, all of them are available right now. It's crazy, Anna. You should log in and get them all. Yeah. Um, there's a free, like, dress-up gear. I can get a Moog costume and a Behemoth costume and all this stuff for free. And they've got the stats telling you how many times you've died in your history of Final Fantasy. And, um, j- there's tons of little campaigns and stuff I going on. I've died so. a lot. Yeah, so I'm gonna... I have a new account and I've still died a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. But why? It's Final Fantasy. I guess it's not that weird, huh? <laughs> so that's that's it for me, Anna. What you been playing? Um, I have been playing Akiba's Beat. Akiba's Beat. So. I was really looking forward to this game and I wanted to go in sort of as like unspoiled as possible. So I'm going to proceed to spoil everybody else. What? You are stuck in a time loop. It's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. Okay. Yeah, it's Sunday. Mm. And then I fell asleep and it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I fell asleep and it was Sunday. Why are you spoiling that, Anna? Is it important to know? Yeah. Going it's into like it? five minutes into the game. Oh. Okay. Um, so you play as a neat. What's a neat? Not employed, educated, or training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. 
Yeah, so not currently employed. Where is this a term? Gaining education, Japan, and EET. Not employed, engaging in education, or training. Okay. And EET. So you're living in your parents' basement. Well, I'm living by myself in an apartment. But I am so... How are you affording an apartment? Well, that's a good question. Because I am so broke that, like, I meet my friend and he loans me his manga because I can't afford to buy it myself. And then he Hey, manga's expensive. That's a valid way of doing it. He pays for some food for me and then we're supposed to meet the next day. And I go to the station and instead of meeting my friend, I go into a delusion sphere because there's someone being a deluser. I'm sorry, a what? A deluser. A deluser. Yeah. Am I a deluser? No. Okay. I don't think you're deluded. Oh, a deluded loser. Yes, a deluder. Or is it a deluded user? Um, they're not really users. They they are having a delusion that is leaking into reality. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me clean that up. <laughs> also, there is a little floating stuffed animal called Pinkoon. And I got a little plushy version of it. Yeah, that thing is angry. It's kind of sassy. It kind like of? Really kind way. of sassy, huh? In like a really rude way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the dilemma that I'm having with it is when I play it, I enjoy playing it. And then when I put it down, I forget about it and don't really want to, don't really feel like it is pulling me back in. So I've maybe played three or four hours of it and I've had it all week. So, I'm interested in the uh, Groundhog Day mechanic. How does that work? Um, it's just a story setting. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a of. it's a story thing. So like, um, you're not able to do any sort of special gameplay based on it. Where like you know what's going to happen, so you're able to come back the next day well, and do no, something you different. Can. You yes and no. So I mean, here's the thing: is it's like, um, I was looking for the second loser. And so what I did is I went back to the same place three day, three days in a row to see whose behavior was changing. Because ah. if it if their behavior was changing, there was a chance they were the deluser. Uh-huh. Um the problem was is that the real deluser was acting differently and that in turn was creating a domino effect about the phantoms that were inside of the delusion. Mm. So it did take me a while to figure out who the actual deluser was. But once you know who it is and you get them to acknowledge the delusion, a door will open up and then you can go into inside the delusion sphere. Oh, for goodness sake. And then it's a dungeon crawler. So like you walk around and there are monsters on the map and you thwack them with your weapon and then you're in like a more contained space and then you kind of run around smashing buttons. Now... Audio equipment seems to be a big theme for this game. Yeah, so I'm just finally getting into that. Is um, So there's like very like thumpy music that happens during combat. And so as you attack things, and I don't know if it's to the beat or just in general, um, as you grow bigger and bigger combos, you start to build up a meter. And when the meter hits half, you activate it. And there's different thumpy music, and you get a smaller cooldown between all of your abilities. And then if you fill up the meter fully, you get even more thumpy, thumpy music and you get a, a better chance to chain all of your stuff together. And that's all I know of it right now. Cause like I said, I'm still really early in the game. Okay. I have a question so for I've, you. It, 
Sorry. I want to know how much fan service there is. Um, well, one of the first losers is an idol. So, <laughs> take that as you may. So what I wanted to know is that when I, if I get this on the Vita, I'm going to have to play with the sound up for maximum experience um, or maximum. I have not played enough to say that for certain, but I feel fairly assured that you will need to play with the sound on. Uh, so it might behoove me to get the PS4 version then. If I do get this game because that Groundhog Day mechanic sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I, I am too early to say definitively, though. Um, I will say that it has some pretty epic load times on the Vita. Uh, Which I don't care just, because most Vita games have pretty epic load times, but this one was long enough that I was like, wow, this has... It's almost times. like the Vita is a five-year-old system that needs to be retired. <laughs> I thought it was six. Was it six now? Oh my gosh. Maybe. Hang on. Let's... Uh, Vita... How goes that always connected AT&T 3G wireless? Yeah, it's almost six years, Chris. December oh my gosh. 17th, 2011. Oh, that's uh, five and a half then. Right? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm My bad. February 22nd, 2012 in America. Okay. So, yeah, five years. Oh, that poor little system. So, yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna see if I yeah can I, I need to understand more where the beats speaking. coming into this yeah me too because this doesn't seem very rhythmically combative yet not yet I mean music has kind of been woven into all of the story themes so far and I don't want to go into it because I feel like some of it will be spoilers but yeah the there is ties to musicality all throughout the story so far. So. Oh, I added it to my Amazon wish list to see maybe pick it up when it goes on sale because there's I got so much other stuff to play right now. Yeah, this game's this year is pretty good for games. Um, yeah. A lot of them. A lot of them. All right. Anything else you've been playing, Anna? No, that's that's actually kind of been it. I've been playing Heroes of the Storm and catching up on the uh, Heroes of the Storm Global Championship. Yeah, Anna likes to watch hours and hours of esports th- throughout the day. I do, which is crazy. I just can't keep up with that. That's too much of a burden. They need to. They need to. I think that's going to be the biggest problem with esports in the mainstream is they need to to make this much more consumable, and the trying to keep up on the esports stuff is a bit excessive. It's three days a week, 11 hours a day. Yeah, and so I think the way we deal with it with more normal sports games is you don't watch every team's game, right? Right. You watch highlights from the other team's games right. if you really want to follow them, but you can't watch every NFL game, for example. So we're going to have to get to that point with, with esports, I think, but whatever. Yep, I agree. Or something no, like you, that. It could be different because it's a different genre. But sorry, what were we gonna say, Kelly? Uh, do you yell at the TV like you would an NFL game? Sometimes. <laughs> Chris, Chris has yes. sat down every once in a while with me, and like, I will call out what um, heroes the teams are gonna pick. Yeah, she's gotten good at this. I'm really good at it. 
<laughs> Janesville Ninja wants to know if he can collect Pansu to upgrade his waifus in Occupus Beat. Uh, nope. Nope. Okay. Sorry. All right. Well, with that, Kelly, what have you been playing? Um, I did manage to finish Yee's 5 last week shortly after the cast ended because I realized that I didn't have that much further to go. And, man, those games are criminally short. Okay. What system were you playing that on? The Super Nintendo. Okay. Well, quote, unquote, Super Nintendo. Well, still, that's the version I've got up on the stream right now, so that's good. Yeah. So uh, I, I played through that. I mean, for a, um, a Super Nintendo game, it had a surprisingly deep story because I... The console ones before that. The battle system the story... does not seem to be very deep. Yeah, no, it is <laughs> jumping very around cor- just poking skeletons with a stick. It looks like. Yeah, it is very very clunky compared to the other games in the series, and having to swing your sword and there's a quite a bit of a delay on it. It can, it can was a little bit of a challenge to get through. But I level grinded quite a bit. Oh, and the magic system in that game sucks. You have to hold the R button to charge your magic, and then there's like a cast time. And then in the meantime, the mobs are just having a dance party while you're trying to cast, and you better just hope that they get in the line of fire. Hmm. Yeah. But the story of that game was really good and surprisingly deep. So I enjoyed that, and then I ended up starting up Ye Six um, Arp of. I can never say Nepishtim. it. Ark of Nepishtim. Nepishtim. I always call it Ark of Nepotism. <laughs> um, that is not an inaccurate name. <laughs> so I I started that one up on the PSP. I played it for a little bit. Um, that one is a little bit more grindy than some of the other games in the series, but. I, I'm i going to put it on hold while I'm playing through Fire Emblem Fates. So we got a question from the chat asking which versions of 4 you played. Uh, the Vita version. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I know that there's fan translations for the SNES and I think TurboGrafx-16 versions. But I was like, no, nah, I'll just play the Vita version. It's in English. The whole game has been completely redone. That version is amazing and... Um, it was on sale for Golden Week, so I hope people picked it up based on my recommendations, because that is probably my favorite game in the series thus far. Cool. And other than Yeez and putting that little marathon on hold for Fire Emblem, just more Persona 5. You I haven't finished, finished yet? The, I finished the fifth dungeon, and I've been trying to romance Futaba. Ah. Yeah, we did that. It seems like crap is kind of getting real in this game. Yes, and it will continue to do so. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really talk about that too much without getting into spoilers. (laughs) I I love that Atlas tweeted out how many hours you've put into Persona 5 and, you know, saying that I don't think I saw a single response under 40. Except the people who were like salty. None, because it's not on PCE. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bitter much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's some serious salt. No kidding. 
Do you think they'll ever put the Persona no. series on PC? No. No. Just with so many other JRPGs going to PC these days, right. I mean, it wouldn't. So, it sure makes a lot of sense, but no, would. I don't think they'll do it. But I mean, here's the thing: is is they they treat Atlas and Sega honestly like they're two distinct companies, even though they're owned by the same people. And while Sega is really good at making PC, well, Sega is fine at making PC ports of things. I mean, they would need to have some really good, like, numbers to prove that it's worth it to put it on the PC. I don't know. I mean, Persona 5... Remember Persona that the PC didn't. is not as big of a deal in Japan traditionally. It is, but it is growing, and it's well. That's what Power Lord says. Fairly, I don't know how much it's. No, growing. No, I'm telling you, Chris. Okay. The PC market is growing in Japan. Okay. Enough cool. that Natsume Atari was like, "Let's put Wild Guns Reloaded on PC," and we were like, "Really? We asked you like 20 times last year." Well, that's cool. That's good. That's good. That's good. So that bodes well for all of this. So as that culturally shifts, I think then we'll start to see this happen more and more making these sorts I, of ports more likely. I think that... So there is like a Steam-esque service that has started to get popular in Japan. Neither... Um, um, what's that Tencent gaming service? I don't we, know what it's called. We game, we, we play. Game, we game, we play. Yeah. And Steam. Like Both of those attempted to break into the Japanese market and neither has had a ton of success. Mm. But there's a couple of like homegrown versions of those that seem to be getting a lot more penetration. Cool. I mean, I think that putting stuff on PC is great because it helps with accessibility. But given the choice, I will always buy something on console first just because I like sitting on my couch. You like doing it on the couch. Playing yeah. games. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm at my desk eight hours a day for home well, I work from home, so I'm at my desk like a good eight hours a day. And at the end of the day, it's like I can't be at this desk anymore. If I don't move to go do something else, then I'm going to have a breakdown. I, I have this problem where I like to be with Anna in the same room as her, and she doesn't like to be in the office very much at night. At least not at the moment because yeah. it's still kind of hurting my elbow. Yeah, so it's like, well, that makes it hard for me to hang out on the PC for hours. And that's where I would prefer to game. But because I like that hobbyist angle of like upgrading my gaming rig and all that sort of baloney. Um, so that's been making me favor portable systems now, actually, so that we can have something on the TV cool that's funny or entertaining. And we both play a different game of our own choosing. So I like the Switch. Switch it up. Which I'm calling the new Vita. So <laughs> there you go. Vita 2. The new, the new Vita... Um, like the new code. Vita 2, Electric Boogaloo. Vita 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> electric Pikachu. <laughs> <sighs> we need a Pokemon game on the Switch, and we need a Fire Emblem game on the Switch, and they need to happen now. Well, I mean, E3 is coming. Yeah. We're, we're getting a Sonic game, and... I mean, we are getting a Fire Emblem game, I'm so I don't know. I'm just complaining, I guess. I, I'm excited for that new Sonic forces trailer that came out that's gonna I'm, be a thing I, i'm happy for you that you're going through the sonic hype cycle again um <laughs> I, i'm confident mania should be a fun experience um forces will be a thing and i'm sure you will buy it 
and we'll see You're where not it goes excited. from there. I know better, Kelly. I know better. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not excited to make Chris the hedgehog and Chris Anna the hedgehog? How does that work? You didn't see the trailer? It's going to have a character creator. Oh, no. I'm watching yes. it now. Oh, no. I'm putting that on right now. Everybody's DeviantArt are, fantasies wait, are coming yeah, through. That's what this is, right? Because everyone had a make-your-own-Sonic character, and the dev team saw that and saw, thought this would be a cool idea. Sonic oh, OC's no. game. I mean, okay. It's my I, I Sonic joke. OC. I'm sure you have a Sonic OC. Um, well, my Sonic OC started in um, late high school, and I it, I eventually got them out of that universe, and I'm currently trying to write a sci-fi novel with them. Oh my gosh! There is an OC that went viral um, last month. Cold or Steel this month. Um, no, nah, it was some pregnant green hedgehog. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. So, hold on. What animal choices do you have? Are they just hedgehogs? Can you be echidnas? Uh, you can be hedgehog. a big the cat? Make your own um, big the cat? There, there was a whole list, and each one has different powers. Okay. Uh, cat, bird, bear. What else? Rabbit. Can you be a person in Romance Sonic? Do some Sonic 06 action? No? All right. I mean, if you can't have your weird slash fix, what's the point? <laughs> I like how everyone is retreated from this conversation. <laughs> no, I, I got sucked into watching the trailer on oh, the stream okay. again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it looks like you can make a character and then play as them. So there you go. Uh, and the different um, species have different perks. Like I think the cat, you keep you keep one ring. The bird has a double jump. The bear has a smash attack. Um, one of them has a homing attack. Which I'm, I'm actually kind of annoyed that some of the ones that have movement-based abilities seem a little bit OP because, I mean, of course I'm going to make a cat. This is just crazy. <laughs> All right, cool. That's uh that's a thing. That's uh yeah. That's uh I'm going to walk away from this now. I mean, all all jokes aside, I am quite excited for this character creator or not, but when I saw the character creator, it's like, oh, 13-year-old me would be so happy. <laughs> uh Pascal, save us. Talk about something not Sonic. <laughs> Please. No. Damn it. I know you've played other things. <clears throat> yeah, I've not played any uh any Sonic. Um okay. You really want to move on? Uh, yes. That. Yes. Um I will be reviewing uh Vikings Wolves of Midgard. Ah, you that. finished that then. I did. Um it's a uh it's an isometric um, hack and slash action RPG. Okay. And apart from the fact that it's um, it's got the uh, the Norse mythology, you know, as its setting and background and everything. Um, and I'm not even sure how original that is, but that's about as original as it gets. Is it any good? There's a little um, <laughs> mediocre. Not a good sign. Um. um... <laughs> 
it's let's put it this way. Um, all right, so hold before, actually before I answer that, let me just just a little bit of background and then I'll I'll use that to explain. But um, it's, you, it does give you a choice to play as either a uh, Viking warrior or a shield maiden, so basically male or female, and then you can pick uh, one from a pantheon of different gods to choose as your um, I don't know, I guess your your divine uh, protector or something along those lines. It never actually shows up, but it, it it's it's your skill tree. There's um, each god has each deity has a different skill tree that you can invest points into. And it, it kind of boils down to, um, like, I, I didn't choose Thor, so I don't remember exactly what uh, what Thor is for, but I think he's basically for wielding hammers, right? If you like, if you want to play with hammer as your primary weapon, that would make sense for Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Odin has, so one deity is there for uh, dual-wielding swords. Some, uh, another one is there for... Um, sword and shield. So it's kind of just your your weapons preference that you would choose your uh, your skill tree on. So I played as a um, sword and shield shield maiden, and um, well, and then it, the rest of the game just kind of <laughs> is an excuse to have more and more levels to chop through. And uh, it's it, I guess uh, it's it's a tale of revenge um, against one of the. Um, the Nordic ice giants. Uh, he uh, he destroys the the shield maiden's village or something along those lines early on, and then the rest of the game is just her trying to destroy him uh, in retaliation and all the things she has to do to you know get uh, get get more power, get stronger, get followers, and so on and so on. And then there's a whole side plot of um, an invading. Goodness, <laughs> it's kind of convoluted. Um, an invading army from from you know from a, another continent, uh, which I think is is modeled after like the Roman Empire, and then you you're constantly taking off your your quest of revenge to go deal with the invaders and smash, uh, smash their taking over of your land and and whatnot, and so throughout all of this, uh, frequently uh, you'll have an NPC uh, give you. Um, the setup for, I guess, the next level, uh, it, you know, why you need to go somewhere and why you need to do what you're about to do. And the shield maiden will often just interrupt and with something along the lines of whatever, just, you know, as long as I get to kill something, that's all that matters. And that's kind of the feeling of the game. There's, there's all this backstory or the story happening, but it seems like it's not very interesting to you or to the, um, the character. And you, she just wants to get back to killing. So all you do is you just mindlessly walk around and, and hit X. Or whatever button is associated with attack. <laughs> it looks like left bumper, left trigger, X, Y, B, right trigger, and right bumper. If you're playing with the Xbox controller. <sighs> so, yeah, most of the time it's just... It's just hack through the enemies. So if you enjoy that kind of thing, you know, it, it gives you a, a, um, a, a Nordic mythology setting and it can be nice for that, I guess. Um, I thought it was okay. It didn't blow me away or anything like that. It's, but it isn't my kind of, my kind of game that I usually pick to play either. Mm-hmm. Well, Oh, Cool. Does that help? Are we off? 
I think we're did, off. Did that take your mind off of Sonic? It did. It did, but it doesn't sound good enough for me to bother playing. So tell me about the real Dark Souls. So, yeah. So this is um, <laughs> more in line with you, with what you guys were talking about with Fire Emblem earlier, because I've been playing um, The Surge on... I've been playing on Oh My God difficulty. Oh, really? Because... Yeah. I didn't know it had multiple difficulties. Okay. It doesn't, but every oh. every 10 minutes <laughs> you will die and just and say, "Oh my god." <laughs> so basically the game is is on oh my god difficulty perpetually. So this is like Dark Souls but sci-fi-ish. With like you have a big mech suit and you have to go deal with like mm-hmm. you know, it's, dystopian it's, future where Apple takes real over dystopian. the world. I mean, it's super dark dystopian. I mean, the the opening cinematic is is real visceral and and kind of hard to sit through. Um, where uh, where basically he gets the the exoskeleton, the suit, you know, drilled into his 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 bones while, but without being. <laughs> it's, they it's forgot to tranquilize him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, I think they. I mean, they did uh, release that in the trailer. The uh, where he he sits down in the. Um, in the mechanized um, what surgery mm-hmm. chair or whatever, <laughs> um, and the robot voice says, um, "What is uh, you know anesthetics that uh, administered?" And but clearly there was a glitch and that never happened. Yeah. And his eyes kind of <laughs> open they up pop wide a little, as, <laughs> like, as he realizes, "Oh, what? Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> and then the drills start moving in, and yep, okay, so that's but man, that's that was rough to sit through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's made by uh, deck 13, which is the developer, um, that also made Lords, uh, Lords of, the Fallen. of Fallen. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at first when I started playing, but within about, I don't know, no, no more than five or 10 minutes. I said to myself, man, this, this really reminds me of Lords of the Fallen. And then I checked it out and yep, sure enough, same developer. So they did refine it some, but it's kind of, they, they removed the skin from Lords of the Fallen and put the dystopian uh, future setting on it but that being said it's not that's not a bad thing it's actually um it is fun they um the combat system is instead of heavy and light attacks it's um horizontal and vertical slashes and it's meant to i think um just open up more strategic gameplay but I'm not so sure that I'm using it properly or, or whether it's really useful for strategery because I just kind of still randomly mash either right bumper or right trigger depending on which way I want to slash. But you know, I don't know if I'm, if I'm using it to its maximum efficiency, I guess. Hmm. Um, and you can still block. And, and it, of course, it's the whole uh, if you die, you lose all your quote-unquote souls and you have to return back to your... But there's a timer this time. Claim of, there's a timer. Um, which, but that was, I believe also in Lords of the Fallen. I mean, that's not an innovation for this game. I don't think much is, but it really (laughs) is. Lords of the Fallen took, took Dark Souls and changed just a few, a few things about it. And this is just the continuation of that. Hmm. Hmm. But it is, it's super challenging. It's, it gets very frustrating. I think I might've even been more frustrated with it at times than I have been with, um, with Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Um, but at the same time, that also makes for, uh, uh, a, a bigger payoff when you finally get past, you know, that, 
that section or that boss. The bosses have been really cool, I think, so far. All the bosses are... Um, I don't think it's really spoiling. I'm not going to give away specifics, but the bosses are all uh, like robot-based. So um, the enemies in the game are either um, other humans who've apparently, um, you know, they've lost their mind and succumbed to madness, and they're kind of strapped into the same... Most of them are strapped into the same, like, exo-rig that you have on also. Um, and then the other half are just pure machines that you fight. And the bosses all seem to be, like, giant... Um, machines because kind of uh, the whole game is set in this in this big uh, corporation slash factory and whatever machines you, you would imagine kind of run the um assembly line in that kind of a future version that would be the bosses mm-hmm. you know, like the 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 robot overlords that oversee the production i guess is one way to think right. of it okay that's been really cool i thought the enemy design for the bosses so that i've yeah. beaten so far really cool do they really um, do? Do you get a good oh, sense of the story, or is it real hard to figure out, like Dark Souls? Uh, at first, I thought they were just keeping the story um, vague on purpose, but so far, it, it hasn't pulled back the curtain a lot. I don't know if there's going to be a big story payoff. My guess would be I'm maybe a little bit past the halfway. Let's say somewhere between half and two thirds, and I haven't been super satisfied with the story. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember being that satisfied with the story on, you know, Demon Souls either. Mm-hmm. It kind of takes a backseat to, I think, and so that's what I was saying earlier about Fire Emblem. Because um, you were saying, well, for the casual gamer. Well, but, so I would argue for the casual gamer, um, if they don't want to deal with permadeath, then don't pick up Fire Emblem, you know? Yeah. Uh, pick up a different game that has... Um, you know, the, the same casual kind of and has a better mm-hmm. story and payoff, right? And I think for a lot of people, if you, if you say, "Well, this this game really feels like Dark Souls," and you know, it is fun to play and it's rewarding and and frustrating at the same time, I don't think they're going to ask, um, "Yeah, but is the story any good?" Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a secondary consideration, maybe. Okay. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe by the end, there's there's going to be a big twist or a big reveal. Um, so it reminds me in part of, obviously, Dark Souls, but then, I don't know, it, it also, it, it, it reminds me of, um, what's it called, Dead Space too, because it has that almost like a spaceship feel to it that's been abandoned and these mutated creatures left around, so it's not as much horror-based, but I don't know, that's, that's what I think about when I play it. So uh, what class did you play? Oh, um... I picked the the light class. Uh, okay. I forget what they call it. Um, Lynx, I think maybe or something like that. They give it like an animal name. Okay. So there's the heavy, um, what I'm assuming is like slow moving, wielding heavier weapons. Rhino class, I think they mm-hmm. called it. And then the the more lightly armored but faster. That's what I'm playing as. Um, and you can okay. So the other, I, w- I feel like a little bit um, misled by. Uh, the trailers that show you how you can just um, take the enemy's mm, like gear and scraps and build your own and outfit yourself with what they have. Um, because every now and then an enemy will drop a schematic to build a piece of armor, uh, like a piece of headgear or a leg attachment or something like that. But they're few and far between and gathering all the parts necessary to build it can take a long time. I've... Um, I've built a couple and I've upgraded a few, but I've, I feel like I'm already more than halfway through and I haven't even found 
uh, the majority of the components needed to upgrade them properly. Mm. So there was a trailer that showed you just like mowing through enemies and each after each encounter you, you have a, a new piece of gear that you're wearing um, and it, it isn't anywhere near that. Mm. Uh, you have to so you have to target body parts if you actually want to get those equipment drops, right? The... Um, yeah, you can target uh, the head, either of the arms, the legs, or the torso, and normally that's just um, like I'm using it for if if they have if the enemy has an unprotected body part because they're all armored like you, so they have a lot of defense, um, but they may have uh, like a left arm that's that's exposed, and that'll be their weak point. So you can target that, um, but that does affect whether or not you pick up, like I said, these um, the the equipment parts, you know, or the equipment right. schematics that you need, and you have to wear down the the corresponding body part with multiple hits, and then uh, sever it with a special finishing move that um, that you need to build up um, a power meter in order to use properly, and so there is quite a bit. Um, well, you know, there are some some refinements to the combat system like that, which does help make it. I guess a little bit more fun. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know if it's if it's a lot of strategy that I would call it. You pick a an unarmed body part and and wail away on it. Basically, mm-hmm. it's been fun. I, I like it so far. Okay, that's fair. This sounds like a game that you would completely cheat through, Chris. Uh, it does, doesn't it? You might be right about that. This makes me sad. Uh, it's got a good look to it, and I like. Uh, I kind of like the um, the fake tech company stuff going on. Like, it opens up. Uh, one of the opening things is like um, the creator of the tech company, and he looks like a guy from a TED talk. So they've got that good tech guy feel to it, Anna. So <laughs> I kind of appreciate that. But yeah, whatever. Cool. Well, thank you, Pascal. I think that's all we've been playing, right? So time to move on to the news, folks. Beep, 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 beep. Last call. All right. Cool. Well, what's our first story? Looks like Datalook Entertainment has announced the long journey home has a release date. That's their space exploration RPG. And it's going to finally be coming out on May 30th, 2017. 40 bucks on Steam. Um... They're also planning console release, PS4, 3, and uh, Xbox One, but uh, no release date yet for that. You played that at PAX, right? The Long Journey Home? Yep. I don't recall playing it. I've yeah. been looking at this. I don't... Wasn't that the space oh, game that you were playing? Oh, it only had... Okay, so th- yes, with the triangles and orbiting planets, but not. I didn't get to see any of this other stuff, really. Gotcha. Right? So I don't know what was going on. Yes, you're totally right. I did play this at PAX. Um, I, I don't know if I want to play it or not, but it looks, it looks different. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that was the one where yeah you had to figure out orbits properly and stuff. So let's see how does that it works. still look a little um, bare bones? I haven't seen any like, no, recent trailers. I um, saw it last year at E3. No, we got a tr- new trailer up on the site, so go check that out. It's um, yeah, they they're showing like planets and like and detailed ships as well. So it looks like um. Looks yeah, like they got their ship together. There's attacking and, and uh-huh. guns and all this stuff going on. So, yeah, go go take a look at it. It looks very different. Um, 
and yet it still has that portion where you have like the the stripped down just triangle thing but it looks like it zooms in from there and things get much more detailed also announced july 18 2017 what's going to happen that day anna children of the zodiacs a game you backed is coming out on pc and ps4 uh, that was a Kickstarter. So that's going to be a tactical RPG that has like cards and stuff. So, yep. and dice rolling. I am excited. So Anna, Anna's so excited. She made an appointment on her calendar reminding her it comes out that day. So that's a good sign. Sounds like Phaeton Kaitos. Ah. Um, no. No. Okay. Well, that was the impression I got. I could be mistaken. Yeah. I- I think of it more like Final Fantasy Tactics meets Hand of Fate. Hmm. Yeah, that's the impression I had, actually, pretty much exactly. Um, All right, so this next one, um, Anna's most prepped for, but uh, she probably refused to do it. A new Harvest Moon game was announced. Yeah. You going to tell us what it's called? Uh, Harvest Moon Light of Hope. Okay, and why is it called that? Um, because there's a lighthouse. Because there's a lighthouse. And oh my gosh, the conversations about what to name this game. <laughs> <sighs> well, we won't go into that here. Uh, it's coming out for what, Anna? Um, PC via Steam, uh, PlayStation 4, and Switch. Switch. You got a Switch game, a PS4 game, and a PC game. That's like exactly what your fans wanted, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so that's good. No 3DS, though. No. Okay. Um, we just put out a 3DS game. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. All right, whatever. So there are no release dates yet, right? Uh, not at this time. All Ask right. me at E3. At E3, okay. So probably have release dates at E3. We'll see. No, but it'll at least have a release window at E3. All right, so release window at E3. Okay. Uh, Rising Star Games publishing it in Europe. Natsume in North America. So yeah, we'll we'll be publishing the PC version worldwide. Uh, and Natsume Worldwide on PC. Yeah. Okay. And then Switch and PS4 um, will be... Yeah, Rising Star Games will do the... Uh, let's see. We have... Uh, oh, so your player's on a ship and they get shipwrecked and then it turns into an Ease game? No. Then okay, because it, it sounds like the start of an Ease game. So, <laughs> it right. sounds like the start of a Harvest Moon game. It sounds like the start sounds of like every start RPG. Of a Rune Factory game. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> And you get to farm. So grow crops, tend to livestock, start a family. Um, it sounds like all your other... So is this kind of like the same look and feel of the 3DS ones that you've been putting out? Nope. Oh, different. Okay. Uh, I got to see what this looks like. Um, <coughs> we'll see how it works. Natsume's president, Hiro Mayakawa, um, <clears throat> said, set out to create a that they have set out to create any a SNES style nostalgic game with deep and meaningful characters and events. So I guess they're they're going for that SNES Harvest Moon feel. Would you agree, Anna? Mm-hmm. Is that the goal this time? I don't know. You don't know. I mean, you're probably the one who wrote that quote, so no. I figure you could tell me. <laughs> actually, Hero really did. Oh, it. Hero actually made this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most of the time, you make them. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. PR secrets. The, the quotes from people are usually not wrote, written by the people. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. New Harvest Moon. See if it. Uh, see if it uh, floats your boat. And I can't wait for the switch. Fun. You want a f- switch farming game, don't you? 
Oh, yes. Oh, you should play Frontier Days. That was fun. A little janky, <laughs> but it works. Hey, someday Stardew Valley will come to Switch. Hey, that's a good point. One of oh. these days. Yeah, I got delayed. Mm. Uh, South Park Fractured But Whole. Um, oh, this Finally is, has a release date. It has a release date. I guess it's a big deal. Uh, October 17th. Yeah, because it was supposed to be like March. All right. And, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. If you buy it, you get the first game for free. And they've got uh, like a new trailer that's got like a news report kind of premise as far as what's going on in the that's game. Cute. Let's go watch that. It looks fun. And uh, we'll Are see you if it's any this? good. I don't know. I need to play. I need to finish the first game. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember if you had the first game. Yeah, I do. And I've I've played through probably half of it and I need to, or at least a third of it. And I need to, to finish it up. And I don't know why I haven't because I'm an idiot. So. Okay. Whatever. Uh, it's just too many games, Anna. Too many games. I feel you. Uh, Owlcat Games has announced that they are going to adapt um, Pathfinder, you know, the pen and paper RPG from Paizo Publishing. Uh, they're going to put it into a video game. So how's that going to work? Uh, it's going to called Pathfinder colon Kingmaker. It'll be an isometric RPG, and it will. That's going to be have a story written by Chris Avalon, um, or at least assisted by Chris Avalon. I don't know what that means, but uh, he's a good writer. And, uh, yeah, they're going to show it off at PaizoCon. I guess they have their own convention between May 26th and 29th. So we should get more info on that game soon. I assume with some screenshots and video and see what that's turning into. Uh, all the pen and paper games, you know, a lot of, a lot of isometric, uh, tabletop style games coming on. So a lot of that old Baldur's Gate feel, I think we'll see how that works. Hmm. Yeah. I'm really curious about what this one's going to entail. Because I've had a lot of, I've got a lot of friends that play Pathfinder that really sing its praises. I mean, it's just D and D third. Yeah, 3. that's why they sing its praises because <laughs> they don't like D and D four. Well, nobody does. That's why we have D and D five now because D and D four needs to be forgotten. By the way, Anna Marie and I played a ga- a board game at a convention. Was it two years ago now? With the guy who made D and D four. He was really high. <laughs> was he high? Yeah. Okay. It was funny though. He owned it. He was like, "Yep, I'm the guy who ruined D and D, or I, I'm the one who made D and D four. And I said, "Oh, it's your fault." And he's like, "Yep, it's all my fault." <laughs> like, he had okay. some good stories about like going to stores mm-hmm. and people not realizing that he was the D and D four guy. <laughs> he had some really good stories about that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were playing his new game, which was a card game, and at the time, and it was all right. It was okay. Yeah. I think it was a Shadowrun-based card game, wasn't it? Yes, that yeah, sounds right. it was right. cool with hacking and stuff. Yeah, it was neat. Just never got into it outside of that because yeah, no. Anna Marie and I have no time for anything. We don't socialize. We just play some video games and get really behind and deal with <laughs> backlogs because we're gamers. Woo! Maybe we should get out of the house more, Anna. All right. Uh, so, a <laughs> bunch ahead. of indie games got announced for the Switch, and apparently we only covered one of them. Oh, yeah? So Owlcat and Y2K. Where are the ones that are relevant to us? What's Y2K? Y2K, a post-apocalyptic RPG. Yeah, I don't see that on here. What is I, that? What's that about? We've gone to see it at PAX repeatedly. We have? Yeah. A postmodern RPG. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it's spelled, it looks like Yik, but it's actually Y2K. Yeah. Um, I have, I remember this now. Yes. Um... This is the weird looking one. Yep. Where, yeah, you like, one of your characters is a DJ, right? 
stuff like that. Huh? Is it, yeah, one guy ca- attacks with like record scratches and stuff. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, all the combat is is timing. It looks weird. Correctly. Yeah, it's not post-apocalyptic. It's postmodern, yeah, and that's, that's it. it's different. Like someone's attacking with hipster traditional film canister. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> someone's using a hula hoop. Yeah. So that's coming to the Switch? Yeah. Okay, cool. Eventually it, it'll come to other things too. It's oh, yeah. been due out right. for like, you know, two years. Right. Now, Let's part see. of that was because like their mom died. Are we going to see that at uh, E3 then? Uh, No. No. Okay. Uh, not unless there's like a Nindy's uh, Switch station, at which point maybe... Yeah, owl, that would be cool, right? Owl, uh, the, 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 yeah, Owl Cat Games also announced. Wait. Oh, I mistook this. I read Owl Cat and thought Owl Boy. Oh, is that why you're confusing Yes. Me? Oh, man. Okay. I'm so confused. So, okay. But still, you, you found an RPG news that we didn't have in the rundown. So yes. thank you. Sorry. Also, Owl Boy is coming to the Switch, but that's not really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> all right square enix put out a uh some info that star ocean till the end of time on ps4 is uh out yeah it's out so this is part of the ps2 it's an emulated to, version it's yeah, the it's ps2 game coming PS2 out on to ps4, PS4 program yeah. so um tweaked graphics. it's 21 dollars <laughs> that's square tax <laughs> it's still less than certain final fantasies on ios isn't it i don't yep. know it feels like there's it. a Probably bunch of them not. that are 24 24- I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, Whatever. yeah. So upscaled graphics, um, trophy support, um, and lag slash load reduction, if possible, for all PS2 to PS4 games. I have no idea what Star Ocean has touched up because you don't maybe know none until of you it. Play maybe them. all of it. Yeah. And Hopefully, that's a- twenty-one dollars worth of it. Yeah. Is that hey, even a good Star can. Ocean? Uh, I don't like. They, I was games, about to make a sarcastic so. comment about does it fix the story? No. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Don't expect it. All right. Um, yummy, yummy tummy, which is a great developer name. They're putting out a 2D RPG called Fallen Legion, coming out in North America and Europe on July 25th. So this is going to be weird. So there's a PS4 version and a PS Vita version, and they're not the same game. They tell different tales from different perspectives. So that's cool. You have to play both, Anna. Hmm. Or neither. I'm not sure how that works. Have you been following this one at all? Not really. I was thinking that maybe we could play it together and you'd play PS4 and I'd play Vita. It looks kind of... The battle system is evoking a Valkyrie profile feel to me, but I don't know if that's actually true or if it just looks that way. Let's see. You didn't like that, did you? Well... Um, uh, just press all the buttons and have everyone attack and then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> There is a little more strategy to it. I mean, the problem is, is it's the Chrono Trigger problem. I mm-hmm. feel like Valkyrie Profile was good, but I don't understand why people feel it's the second coming. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. We'll have hey, to get more info that. Do yeah? you like The Witcher? Uh, yeah. Um, so there is a Witcher TV series that is coming to Netflix. But it's not, it's just licensed and the, the people who made the game are not involved in any Correct. way. So it's licensed off the books, which are, yeah, okay. That, so this has nothing to do with the video games. This is the dude what makes the Witcher properties has licensed to whoever making a TV show to make a Witcher show. So, okay, that's cool. You think they'll look to the games for like 
ca- not necessarily casting, but like making it look like the characters in the games. Um, sorry, but um, will what? Sorry, I was blasting a trailer into my ears Ow. when you said that, so you'll have to catch me up. What, I just didn't said. know if they would kind of look to the games to try and get the same look and feel. I don't know. Uh, it looks like someone who made a, a... Let's see, what did it say? I'm scared to open this page again. Um, don't press play. Tom Baginski, who directed the intro videos for all three Witcher games, as well as the Cyberpunk 2077 teaser trailer, and who previously announced as being the director of a movie version of The Witcher, will direct at least one episode per season. So maybe those episodes will feel like the games? I don't know. I think people are smart enough to know that you know, the games are a big part of why this has worldwide popularity now. So we'll see. Also, Chris really needs to get his act together and start playing Witcher 2 and 3. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Me too. What am I waiting on? Holy crap. Hey, we have what? reviews. Oh, all right. So there's a review up for uh, there's like... a, there's a review up for Vikings coming Wolves of Midgard very soon. <laughs> so look forward to that. Uh, there... We have an Aerolite Core Ooh, That's review. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have a Shaness review, which is very disappointing to me. It looks like uh, it, yeah. they didn't like it that much. Mm. Well, I guess it, they gave it an average, so maybe yeah. that can go either way. Uh, we got a retro review for Borderlands, the pre-sequel. And then, um, interestingly, um, Uduwari Romono, Mask of Deception review. Uh, no. Oh, impression, impression. Impression. Okay, impression. excuse me. Very important. Yeah. Impression. All right, short news. We got the Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood theme song released. Do not read any stories about this unless you are caught up on the XIV story because it's got major spoilers. Oh, yeah. Um, Dragon Quest Eleven is introducing monster riding. Okay. Yeah, I saw this. They had someone dri- riding a monster, yep. riding a dragon. Um, so there's an upcoming RPG Excel World versus Sword Art Online, and it has a release date. Okay. Um, PS4 and Vita in North America and Europe. Uh, so this is the person what made both visual novels is now crossing them over? Guess so. Or not visual novels, um, light novels. Yeah. What, was, what does that even mean? Mm. How are they light novels? Um, so I... there was a Destiny 2 Sword game. Sword Art Online is an anime. How is it a light no- I'm so confused. Destiny 2 had a gameplay event. Oh, light and... novels. Those are those. Oh, I know what those are. Are we, and, oh, oh! Destiny Two was announced. Why is this a brief, Anna? Because it wasn't announced. It got announced like two months ago. Yeah, that was a that was a teaser announcement so for like was... the main announcement. They had the biggest thing. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, coming soon to the Blizzard app, Destiny Two. Yeah, they're still calling it Battle.net, by the way. Uh, but, uh, except they're not. It's the Blizzard app. And yeah, but they called it Battle.net during. Mike the Morheim called it Battle.net, which yeah. is like, what is the? What are they doing with Battle.net? Because everything should still be called Battle.net, and the fact that it isn't is disturbing and weird. So anyway, uh, Destiny Two looks a lot like Destiny. There, it looks like they they went out of their way to say, guys, guys, seriously, the story is going to be way better this time. So <laughs> we'll see if that's actually true. Um, the thing that I loved about this is like. The Battle.net or the Blizzard Twitter account announced that Destiny 2 was coming to Battle.net and all of the other Battle.net games welcomed them in like the most thematic way that they could. And so like Heroes of the Storm tweeted a picture of Medivh and, and is like, from one guardian to another, welcome. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is cute. Which is the complete opposite reaction of the people because people are salty about this. Why are you salty? I Steam. I want it on GOG. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, it's a free app. Just put it on. I, I'm just kind of stunned that they think that this is going to be on GOG. Uh, yeah, GOG doesn't make sense at all. Um, Steam makes total sense, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it on both. Yeah, but I mean, why would Activision take the 30% cut when they can just put it on their own system? Oh, is that what this is about? Oh. Is it really a 30% cut on Steam? Up to. Ugh. Put it on Humble. You don't have to... Which which services allow DRM? Does Humble allow DRM? Humble sells either Steam or GOG keys. Oh, okay. So that doesn't work. <laughs> so not really. You're back to one or yeah. the other. Hmm. Um, or they let you sell DRM free on Humble. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So that doesn't work. That means Steam, um, the EA, <laughs> probably not going to be on the Epic app. Uh, mm. There's a Uplay app. That doesn't make any sense because that's Ubisoft. Um, and there's that EA thing. EA Origin. Yeah. yeah. Activision's really going to put their games on EA Origin, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Steam or our Blizzard app. So, yeah, Blizzard app makes sense. <laughs> Simon is lying I, on the floor looking pathetically at me. Yeah, well, he's a cat. Deal with it. I, I think the reason why the salt for no Steam is because of Steam sales. Yeah, but Blizzard picks their games on sales all the time. I, not I not like Steam sales, though, Anna. No. You're not getting $1 games and stuff. Yeah, I and don't know. let's kind of... If if we recognize that the that the race to the bottom didn't work in iOS apps, can we at least recognize it sooner or later that the same race to the bottom in terms of Steam sales is also crap? Yeah, but it's not a race to the bottom because it's sale pricing, not permanent pricing. And yeah, iOS but, apps, yeah, but like Chris, you can't launch a game over five dollars. People say I could buy this on Steam now, or I could wait for it to be five dollars. Yeah, and how many times have you seen people say that there are no real games published on this service anymore because you can't launch a game for a real price? You're not seeing that right now. Mm. I mean, we're seeing the PC get more popular, not less. For game yeah, but Steam is getting really bad. Yeah, well, Steam. It's, that's the thing about Steam, Anna. It's so big. Curation. It's so big. You can have people complaining about that thing, and there still be a viable market at the same time. That's no. how big it is. Yeah, but I mean, they they have the same problems that Apple and Google Play have. They've given up on curation. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And that's just. Except they've tried to do things. Have that nobody likes them. <laughs> the Steam things, yeah, like tags. And uh, curator lists and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like they and, ma- sit and down changing the reviews, and make these rules. ideas, and like they don't ask anybody if it's a good idea. No, because they're trying to do something different. Yeah, but their idea, there's the problem that I feel like I have is that the Steam staff that makes these decisions are so incredibly insular. Okay, that they're making these decisions in a void. What do you What do you want to see happen? By the way. I want to see better front page curation first and foremost. I think I think what you're trying to say is it should be cool for every publisher to have their own storefront because that way you don't have this crappy marketplace. No, that's not true at all. The problem that I have is if you launch a game on the same day that a that DLC goes on sale, forget about it. Because the only thing listed on the front page is these 18 billion packs of DLC that are on sale and not your new game. Well, except that if you are a new game that matters, you are on the front page, too. Maybe. 
Yeah. And the problem is, is I hate this idea that you have to be a game that quote unquote matters. Well, you know, Why I'm sorry. Why should a new game take priority over some DLC that's been on sale for the 17th time? Because they paid? No. Uh, Power Lord's asking, do you remember why EA created Origin in the first place? And I do not. <laughs> I just remember no one liking it. <laughs> and it's fine now. It's fine-ish now. It's, it's okay. Are you going to revive? It's fine, is it fine now. now. Is it fine now? It's because Steam took a 30% cut on games. Oh, it wasn't because of that. It was because Steam wanted to take a 30% cut on DLC. Yeah, they, they take a 30, up to 30%. I guess I don't understand why that's bad, but okay. I guess well, that's, probably it was bad it. for them, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Seems reasonable to me, but I must be missing something. But if you have $65 of DLC and you slash it down to 50 to make people buy the season pass, they're then getting... I feel like they were getting 30% of the original price. Yeah. Okay, It Great. was kind of janky. I, I don't know the whole details because I haven't worked on Steam games in years. Oh, EA was selling Mass Effect 2 DLC directly and Steam wanted DLC to be sold through Steam. Yeah, you know what? Steam was right about that because I bought Mass Effect 2 DLC before... Man, that sh- stuff sucked before they fully integrated. And you want, Okay, Mass Effect 2 DLC, probably a little better, but Mass Effect 1 DLC... Um, let's go back. Let's look at Dragon Age DLC and how that garbage worked. Oh my gosh. They had the Bioware account and you had to like register your codes on there separately and download these install. Oh, oh man. These memories. We need to move on to a new story. Oh, Dragon Dragon Age DLC. So the game. Utawari Ramono. Yeah. The second half of the game. Mask of Truth has a release date. September 5th, 2017. PS4 Vita. And then we had an indie update. Yeah, there's some games. The indie update uh, discussed Infinite Desolation, Kinsey... Hold on. No, no. We got to say what they are. So Infinite Desolation, which is a... So there's a new demo version and a video for Infinite Desolation, which comes from developer Farflung Games. They've got an early version available through Game Jolt. Hey, there you go. Let's uh, Let's put Destiny on Game Jolt. Never heard of that. Um, and they're going to have an early access thing coming on that for that. Um, there's a Kickstarter for another game called Kinseed, you were about to say. It's a 2D sandbox RPG, which looks like... I, I don't know, Anna. I was looking at this and I'm like, this, is this like, a Harvest Moon? <laughs> it looks like they're trying to ruin Factory. <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, and it's it looks cute. And so that might be good. So go check that out. See if you want to kickstart it. Um, just because it's a Kickstarter, I have a duty. Um Let's see. To get a copy of the game, it's seven pounds, which is about nine dollars. And if you want to buy all the things and get the top end thing, it's uh, about six hundred forty-four dollars. And you get to help them conceptualize, design, and create a legendary item. Um, you get a statue placed in the game. They'll write an epitaph on your own in-game gravestone. They'll name an NPC after you. You have access to the sprite editor to make fun things. You get two digital copies of the game, access to the developer forums, a digital copy of the Quill lore bible and art book, digital soundtrack, digital art pack, and your name in the credits. So, there there you go. I'm just confused why they need only $40,000 to finish this. I don't know. Uh, Electro Cosmos' Runic Rampage, a new title available now for PC, Mac, and Linux through Steam. It's a hack and slash RPG. So you can go check that out. Um, it's available now for like $7, which is like nothing. Yay, indie games for being affordable. Um, if you Say you don't want to buy, uh, you know, Star Ocean for 21 This is available for 7 It's a whole new game. Um, Noah Mund 
is a Kickstarter where they're doing a side-scrolling... Oh, oh, excuse me. Let's see how this is working. Um, it's like a... It's like on a chessboard, actually. And it's weird. And so it's more tactical. And so if you want to check out a TRPG sort of thing um, with... <laughs> Let's see. The game features 2D exploration and a unique motion battle chess combat system. So anything that calls out battle chess, A plus for me. So I'll have to take a look at that. So this Kickstarter, uh, to fulfill our duty, it's about $8 to get a downloadable copy of the game. And if you want to go crazy, you can pay $21.44. It's all it's sold out. You can't do it. But you could have gotten digital art book, digital copy, digital soundtrack, forum badge, in-game name and phrase, in-game weapons, name on end credits, NPC with your name, physical copy, your name on the initial credits, an NPC vendor with three special weapons, and a splash screen logo. So, so you get, I guess, one of those startup screens. <laughs> you could have designed one and have everyone forced to look at it when they start the game. That's kind of amazing <laughs> to sell that as a bonus. So there you go. There are your indie updates, Anna. Also, Elder Scrolls Online, that's an MMO everyone remembers, right? <laughs> it's an MMO. Seriously, like, it's pretty good from what I've been hearing. I just have no time to get into this game, and I really want to. I may even picked it up at, um, on sale, but uh, uh, they're putting out an expansion called Morrowind. You know, if you've ever heard of Morrowind, it's kind of a popular title in the Elder Scrolls series. Um, they've got, like, deals out there, and it's coming live on Monday, May 22nd. No, excuse me. You could start... If you like pre-order, you can get early access starting May 22nd. If you don't pre-order, the expansion goes live on June 6th. So, there you go. Elder Scrolls Online, if you're still playing that, you probably care about that. And with that, we're done with the news. It's time to go on to our social section. If you want to be social with us, three ways to do it. Podcast at rpgamer.com, forums.rpgamer.com, or 608-729-4098. This week, we have a bunch of forum posts. I don't think we had any emails, right, Anna? Mm, I didn't see any. Either. Okay. Let me double check. So first off, Victor wrote in to answer our question of the week, which was, um, what, what sort of toys would you get from Japan? So Victor said, if it existed and I had the money, I'd get a real-world Morgana cat form plushie or figure from Japan. Not the anthropomorphic Morgana cat form plushie that came with P5. Um, I want the uh, the real-world cat form. It's the most collectible mascot I've ever seen. And yeah, he's pretty cute. Uh, Shaman says, I'd bring home a few CDs, but honestly, I can't think of any other figures or toys I'd get. Maybe a new 3DS modded for capture? Uh, and that assumes the CDs aren't the equivalent of $1,500 US like I saw for a Donkey Kong Country 2 disc, disc a few months ago. Um, Shaman also um, said, teach me how to Fire Emblem. He had a suggestion. I think the combination of Fire Emblem Heroes and the in-game tutorials should be enough if you're playing on normal. But I'm one of those filthy casuals who's mainly in it for the love connections. Which uh, isn't really a thing in this one from what I've seen. Right, nope. Anna? Correct. Yeah, the uh, the the shipping. What? How did that person phrase it? Oh yeah. Uh, hang on, let me find it. The uh, <laughs> you find that Fire Emblem Shipping Company established twenty twelve. Yeah, that's been shut down. <laughs> no more, no more kids. No more love shipping in this particular game. Probably the next one will have it. Uh, Strawberry Eggs says, I've seen plushies of Adia, Ring-A-Bell, and Tiz online that I would bring back from Japan. So those are all from um, Bravely Second. 
or excuse me, bravely default. Um, I assume there's well, an. I bravely second. I assume there's a non-yes plushie out there as well. Uh, also, if they exist, plushies of you, Magnolia, and a Dagon. Uh, are those from Bravely Second? Those are Bravely Second. Okay, so there you go. Jay Scarp says, question of the week. I would definitely be looking for some Felcom-related um, tchotchkes, especially of the Trails in the Sky variety, or Trails in the Trails in the Anything variety. I would probably fill a suitcase with as many Nendroids as I could get my hands on. I'd especially, that's a type of figure. Uh, I'd especially like to find Cassius and Joshua Blight figures. Finding male figures can be difficult. They seem to focus on the female characters for some reason service okay teach me how to fire emblem j scarp says i've played a good few of them now but i still don't think i have any particularly good tips beyond the obvious pick a group to concentrate experience on don't get strung out across the map when reinforcements can wreak havoc with trailing units honestly i enjoy the games most when i'm able to reach a zen state of mind and just roll with it when characters die oh my gosh Mind you, I'm not playing it like XCOM on Iron Man. I still restart for healers and advanced mages, but if a knight falls in battle, it will be okay because there will be more people to replace them. Fire Emblem is, is more fun for me when I'm not completely stressing about saving every person. It is a war, after all, and restarting missions three or four times to do that. Not sure if that helps at all, but uh, you did ask. And he's right, I did ask, and oh my gosh, I don't think I can do that. Oh, just letting people stay dead, Anna, can you do that? No. I can't do that. That's terrible. This war has to have as few of casualties as possible. It has to be the least impactful war. I'm going to move on. Do we have a new question of the week? Um, <laughs> we had all this extra time this morning. We didn't think of a new question of the week. <laughs> well, what do you guys want to ask? Uh, I feel like I'm always coming up with I don't know what I want to ask. That's why I asked you. Kelly, do you have a question of the week? Pascal, pick a question I of the week. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Way to be on the spot, right? Maybe what tabletop games would you like to see get video games? Because now that we have all these video games getting tabletop games. Yeah, I like it. Like Dark Souls. Or maybe even in reverse, maybe if you'd like to see a video game get turned into a tabletop game too. Cool. Yeah, do both. Uh, no, we're talking about video games here. This is a video game podcast. So, not the reverse. I want to see what vi- what tabletop games you want to see have more video games. Okay. Um, I, I've always wanted to play a Munchkin video game. Power Lord says Dark Souls, the board game, the video game. <laughs> so let's convert it back from board game to I don't video know. game. I show this to Chris, but yeah. it's great. <laughs> you when open you... it up. <laughs> the first thing it says is you died. <laughs> When you open up the box to search Dark Souls tabletop game, there is a page on top that says you You died. died. (laughs) Ah, That's great. All right. New releases for the week. Here you go, folks. On PlayStation 4, Chroma Squad's coming out. That's a TRPG that Anna backed and really hasn't gotten into because she's weird. Yeah. Uh, Portal Knights Gold Throne Edition, which is... uh, Portal Knights is a weird RPG thing that I don't really understand, but I know it's an RPG. It's coming out on Xbox One as well. Yep. And Udarari Ramono is coming out. Mask of Deception. PS4 and Vita. Yep. The Vita is also getting Udarari Ramono, and uh, that's it, what you just said. Xbox One, get Portal Knights. That's it for Xbox One. Um, What? Are you plotting the Xbox One? No, I'm smacking you. Why? Because you just repeated the two games that I said. I know. And uh, (laughs) Nintendo Switch gets Disgaea 5 complete. 
Uh, oh, Power Lord clarifies. Portal Knights is an RPG thing that is kind of a Minecraft clone as well. So, yeah. there you go. Uh, Nintendo Switch gets to Scythe complete, so um, I should hopefully be trying that out this week, except it comes at a really bad time, and maybe I won't get around to playing it, because just like how per, um, the PS4 version of Sky 5 came out at a bad time, so I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> we use finally getting Darksiders Warmastered Edition. I don't know why, but it is, so for 20 bucks you can play Darksiders on your Wii U. 3DS... I just um, wanted to say that. Um, I don't know if you remember, but... A couple of months ago, we talked about Darksiders, yeah. and um, I was crying about there not being any new sequels, and, and I think you said something along the lines of, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I know. I was totally wrong. There's a third one announced now. Yeah, and it's a girl. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about it last it week, but yeah, it's totally right to call me out on it. So you were right, Pascal. And no, actually, I wasn't trying to call you out. I was just saying that maybe we set something in motion. By yeah, <laughs> by I'm saying. sure. Yeah, they just developed it in the in those past few weeks. Um, <laughs> no, it's... They it, already it had it. They were just waiting because they were doing um, uh, rift games oh? that they were like rift contractually games? obliged to do. Okay, what are rift games? Oh, Oculus, Oculus rift. rift games. Oh, yeah, okay. they did like three games. Yeah, I'm so sorry. All right, so <laughs> now they're putting out more dark siders. Um, let's see. 3DS is just Fire Emblem stuff that came out uh, last week. Um, I don't know what's coming out this week for f- 3DS. Nothing. I am Big. kind of confused by this. For the PC, there's Portal Knights. Oh, that shouldn't be in there. <laughs> Portal Knights, the Great Gatsby Secret Treasure is a hidden object game. That okay. should not have been in there. It's <laughs> like, why is it $5.09? <laughs> it's a hidden object game, and that was just left over. I forgot to delete it out of <laughs> So I, I take a full list, and then I delete everything off that's not an RPG now, um, or at least not interesting to us. Um, and somehow that stayed on because I probably was meaning to mention it to you. Like, oh, look, Anna, a new hidden object game. I know you like those. Not interesting. Imagine the Great Gatsby with random encounters. What's not interesting about that? I don't think that's what it has. It's a hoe. It's just a hidden object game. Sorry. Uh, Hey, that's it for new releases. So I got to ask you all, what are you playing this week? Anna Marie. Um, Akiba's Beat and Fire Emblem. All right. Pascal. Uh, the surge, the which, surge. You know, it may take me a week. To are you going to order? Um, are you going to order cans of surge cola from like Amazon to drink while you're playing the surge? Ew. Um, surge cola. Is that a thing? It's not cola. Yeah. It's surge yeah. soda. Surge soda. It's a yeah, citrus. Right, right. Yeah. Well, there's a jolt cola, and we talked about jolt earlier. Mm-hmm. Isn't surge an energy drink? No. I thought surge is kind of like a Mountain Dew. Or... Yeah, 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 it's, it's kind of like a Mountain Dew. Caffeinated anyway, the answer is no. So. Okay. <laughs> None of the above. Kelly's real excited for surge now, though. Well, no, it was it was Coke's equivalent to Mountain Dew, and yeah. I remember liking it when I was a kid, but my mom banning it from me because it kind of turned me into a little hellion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna play more Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy XI because this campaign and all of its benefits are amazing. And I just leveled my Geo. Okay, Anna, what are you playing? Wait, I already asked you. Right? Mm-hmm. You Kelly! Didn't ask me. Kelly, what are you playing? There we go. More Fire Emblem, more P5. P5. Right. How far are you in Persona 5? I just finished Dungeon 5. Thank you. I know you mentioned it at the start of the show, and it's been an hour and a half, and I've forgotten. So I'm just thinking through like how well we do on these uh, these games that we th- say we're going to play and whether or not we do them. 
And there was one I said a few weeks ago that I don't think I played at all. And I said I was going to play some Dawn of War 3. And then I saw the reviews uh, for Dawn of War totally 3. Did not, uh, well, yeah. you explained the next podcast that you had read all the reviews and it sounded like... Not my thing. Yeah, because it got rid of all the RPG type stuff out of it. And I was kind of down on that. I think I'd still enjoy it a little, but I got so many other games that it just fell down in priorities. So that's too bad. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to stay on top of games better for the podcast this year. And uh, I think we've been doing okay. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. New things. What do we got to play that, that's on the new list? None of us said anything. Uduari Romono, you got to play that, Anna. I'm playing that this week. You are? I you didn't so. say you were. Well, I have a dilemma. What is it? I should be playing Akipa's Beat, but I also want to play... Uduari Romono? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am never going to learn how to pronounce that. Well, I will definitely play Disguise 5 at least a little bit. Okay. Um, but that's going to be too much TRPG for me between that and Fire Emblem. Oh. And they both primary play places are like in the bedroom and on the couch. So I don't know how I'm going to manage that. Well, One you will can play Disguise yeah. 5 on the TV. What, what, are you, what are you suggesting, Kelly? Well, I very nearly pre or yeah, pre-ordered this guy of five because I had some birthday money. But then I realized, well, I'm going to be playing Fire Emblem for the show. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to play something brand new as opposed to something I've played already. And I'm sure at some point this guy of five is going to have a price drop. Oh, you're all right. See, you and Anne are both playing Fire Emblem. So I better put some time into this guy of five. That's how that works. So I will hopefully have some good impressions for you next week. Except it probably comes out on Friday, doesn't it? Or is it no, Tuesday? Oh, well, I don't know. Which one? Disguise 5. Tuesday. Okay, good. I'll actually I mean, be, have si- time. A full $60 list price, retail price for Disguise 5 seems like a lot. Yep, sure does. But it has so, all the DLC in it. We'll see if it's worth uh, it. DLC. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is a better version of the game, but you're absolutely right. It's the sort of thing that normally I would wait to get on PS Plus for free. Uh, wow. <laughs> not happening on um well but because it's such a good value it's like oh my gosh if you're gonna get that for free that's amazing all right anyway whatever uh thanks everybody for watching we'll be back next week you can catch us every week 9 a.m pacific noon eastern uh thank you pascal kelly and anna marie and you dear listener um we're here next week right still got a few weeks till that e3 thing happens so uh let's everybody get psyched more announcements i'm sure gonna be hitting the next two weeks lots of announcements uh thanks everybody call in 608-729-4098 let's get some voicemails for next week tell us about what games you want to see turn into tabletop games or vice versa become video games or both i don't know see you next time thanks everybody for watching we'll catch you next week bye bye